Well, we've had a lot of episodes of Locked On Predators this summer and have covered a lot of topics. And now it is time to hear your takes. We are going to be reading some of the viewer responses to our episodes today on the Locked On Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making the Lockdown Predators podcast your first listen of the day every single day. We are your free daily Nashville Predators podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, want to start out with a special hello to our loyal Lockdown Predheads out there, the everydayers who tune into every single show. We appreciate you guys, and we love the support you give us week after week. I'm Nick Morgan. I am a writer at Penley Box Radio, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at InsideThePreds.com. All right. So, Ann, every day uh, when we do a show, we tag by saying, hey, let us know your thoughts. Yeah. Leave some comments on YouTube. Tweet us. And uh, you guys certainly have. We may not always, you know, shout it out on the show or respond back, but we always see your posts and we always appreciate uh, the love you give us. And it's time to amplify some of that love or some of those disagreements. Some of the hate true. on some of the takes we've had, Anne. <laughs> That's true. Look, we're here for it all. We we want to hear what you're thinking, whether you disagree, agree. Um, and like Nick said, love seeing your thoughts. So this is a great episode. I'm super pumped about this one. We, we are. So we got uh, some viewer comments we're going to respond to in just a second. But first, want to mention out, uh, I guess, a little bit of a somber note. Mm revolving around uh, our boy Ryan Ellis, who we still love here yes. uh, in Nashville. It sounds like Ryan Ellis's career is uh, probably over uh, at this point. And Keith Jones, uh, the uh, the president of Hockey Ops at Phil in the Flyers, uh, just said, uh, you know, Ryan has a, uh, you know, an injury that doesn't look like it, it's going to be career ending. So, yeah, this seems to be the last we've seen of Ryan Ellis in a mm. NHL uniform. And, and you know, I think the best, best way to just sum it up is, yeah, it just sucks yeah. all around. Yeah, this was really tough. And obviously, everybody knows that Ellis has been battling some pretty significant injuries. Yesterday, it was revealed it's a torn psoas muscle in his back. He has been doing rehab. He has exhausted um, all of the medical options. He has pursued all kinds of treatments to try to get back to playing in the NHL. And it just does not look likely. So this was a really like this one hit a little hard. Uh, you know, I know he's been with the Flyers, hasn't played a lot of games with the Flyers, but um, this one hits hard for Nashville Predators fans because Ryan Ellis was such an important part of this franchise for so long and was such a critical piece to Nashville's success that they have had. So, yeah, yesterday felt a little somber. I will also say my invisible backpack of hockey grudges was exceptionally heavy when I read that yesterday because screw you, Corey Perry. <laughs> Yeah. yeah just brings up all the bad feels about yeah, that. Just, just all the past ways Ryan Ellis has been wronged. That's right. Yeah. That's I mean, right. you never want to see a player um, no. go out on terms that aren't his. 
Um, you know, and it especially hurts because, you know, we, we've, you know, heard from Ryan and, you know, even though he wasn't, um, you know, thrilled about leaving Nashville, you know, he was excited about, you know, playing with Philly and, you know, maybe getting a chance to win a cup and sort of be, you know, kind of a main mentor on a young team. And, uh, you know, it's like that he doesn't get to finish his career, but, you know, uh, his memories in Nashville, boy, those are, those are some good memories, um, you know, top top 10 player all time for the nashville predators got to be i think pretty easy to say yeah got to be what he and roman yossi did as a pairing i mean the predators have seen nothing like it since then and you know just looking back over we're talking about where the defense is now and looking back kind of where they came from when they had that Yossi Ellis magic going on and the Subban Ekholm, you know, the Predators are in a different place defensively now. We're going to talk about that uh, in a little bit later, but yeah, tough. This is a really tough one. It's tough to see Ryan Ellis's career end this way. Great guy, y'all. Great guy. Yeah. Best of luck to him. Uh, yes. Hope he, you know, stays healthy and has a, uh, you know, kind of a, a long, uh, you know, fruitful post-hockey career because uh, he deserves it. Great guy all around. Uh, let's transition, Anne, to our main topic today, which is viewer responses. Let's go. We are locked on Predators episodes. Uh, we have had a lot of talk this summer, you know, prospects, some of the moves the Preds have made with, you know, giving away Duchesne and Johansson and bringing in, you know, team of veterans, including Ryan O'Reilly. You know, we've talked, um, you know, breakout candidates, possible MVPs for next year. There is a lot to go through, Anne. So let's jump right into it. What is our first viewer comment uh, that we need to break down? So I am going to pull a comment from our three reasons the Preds can make the playoffs episode that we did just recently. It was the one where we were most comfortable in our Hawktimist gear. Um, I want to highlight Youper Sports Fanatics comment. And I think this is a this is a great observation. Uh, Youper Sports Fanatics said the one issue I've had with the Predators lately is a lack of shots on goal, especially on the power play. Just way too much passing and not enough pucks to the net. Can I give an amen and a yes, said it to yeah. you sports fanatics, you know, kind of pulling some stats to look at this. Preds were 23rd in shots uh, per game last season overall, 44th in power play goals, 27th in the league in power play percentage. Um, they did not have even one player crack the top 50 when it came to power play goals. So there is something to be said here about the Predators' lack of shooting when it comes to the power play. Not even success. I, and I really think you nailed it. It's not even just not success. It's the pucks on the net with the power play last season. It was It was tough. Yeah, isn't it funny we kind of went to two different uh, extremes? Like we had Peter Laviolette where it was just you were shooting as soon as you got the puck. Yes. You know, you weren't setting up. You are just trying to get that puck to the point and just fire off a shot. Now you have, you know, you know the John Hines system where it's, you know, a lot of patience. It's, you know, making an extra pass and, you know, trying to, you know, move it around to open things up and, you know, not really, you know, being aggressive with it. Uh, and it's funny how we just kind of went to, to two different extremes, but 
confident that we may see a little bit different from, you know, a little bit of a different thing from Andrew Burnett. Maybe a nice, healthy medium is what we need on the power play this year, Ann. Yeah, and Andrew Brunette, of course, was in charge of the power play with the New Jersey Devils. A lot of people were critical, felt like, you know, with all of the talent that they had on that power play unit, it should have been more successful. But I do think he's going to bring in a fresh approach for the Nashville Predators. I also think it's going to be interesting to see the units that they put together, because if you look at last season, Roman Yossi led with eight power play goals. Second was Cody Glass, who had six. Half of those came at the end of the season from late March on when you had so many of the power play guys out, Forsberg out, Yossi out, um, Duchesne out. So will we see somebody like Cody Glass make the top unit? Will we see somebody like Luke Evangelista or Phil Tomasino, who had most of his goals were on the power play? So I think we're going to see a different uh, unit perhaps, but also I'm with you. Can we please kind of find that, that middle ground, that Goldilocks chair, yeah. you know, for the power play, because there was way too much. And, and, and I love him. And we're going to talk about him later too much. Matt Duchesne getting it down and skating it around in a circle in the corner. Y'all. Yeah. Not where the net is friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Right idea. Bad execution. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it'll be interesting to see uh, if the Preds can turn that around this year. Yeah. Uh, more comments from you guys coming up in just a little bit. Uh, but first, want to mention today's episode brought to you by Fan Duel Sportsbook. Right now, you can take your first swing at betting on Major League Baseball on Fan Duel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to 200 that's right. All you have to do is put down 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's an extra 200 you can spend on betting from everything, from the money line to the over under to who you think is going to be uh, get the first home run in the game you're watching. And it's all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. That's why there's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 in bonus bets. Again, FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, and our show today, we are reading viewer comments from our takes uh, on the Predators this offseason from our uh, treasure trove of shows that we've done this year. Uh, we talked a little bit about uh, needing more shots on goal, especially <laughs> on the power play. What yeah. is our next question, Anne? All right. Well, I'm going to touch on another one from our friend Uper Sports Fanatic in the same episode, same comment, but definitely I think something that we want to touch on. Uh, Uper Sports Fanatic says, I even think it's got to be a big focus for the defenseman other than Roman Yossi to get involved in goal scoring also more this year than in years past. 100% agree with this. If you look at uh, last season's stats, Yossi was third in goals. He had 18. The next defenseman was Matias Ekholm with five goals. After that, we're looking at goal-scoring lightning guy Jeremy Lazan with three. Yeah, so, let's go. 
I mean, you've got eight blue liners. They scored 37 goals last season, but almost half of those were from Roman Yossi. So look, this is something that the Nashville Predators are going to have to address with this defense. Yes, you're going to have to have solid defensemen. You're going to have to have guys who are um, kind of playing back, who are being a little bit maybe more conservative in some situations with a young team in front of them. But where are we going to see some more offense on this blue line, Nick? Well, Tyson Berry is going to help with that. Uh, yeah. Assuming he's on the team because, you know, who knows at this point? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's and to me, it's not necessarily the defenseman scoring goals. It's just mm-hmm. the defenseman contributing to goals, like being involved in the offense. Somebody maybe jumping into the play to set up a pass or something like that. And, yeah, you know, it'd be nice to just see, um, you know, jump in and, you know, launch a giant slap shot that goes in. Uh, that would be great. But, you know, it's just we need them to contribute more uh, to the scoring, which was a big step back. Uh, I don't foresee Alexander Carrier having another sub 10 point season. Agreed. Um, you know, maybe there's a little bit more in Dante Fabro's tank that Andrew Burnett can coach out of him. Um, you know, it's I think it's pretty telling that, you know, one of Barry Trotz's first moves um, you know, or at least as, you know, after his thing was announced was to bring back Dante Fabro on a one-year deal. So maybe he sees something that, you know, he would like him to play a little bit different way. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I don't necessarily think it's the defenseman scoring goals. I just, you know, think maybe they just need to be a little bit more involved in the offense than they have been under John Hines. Um, and I do think Andrew Burnett's going to change that this year. Yeah. And I think you've hit on it. The The key for me is going to be Alexander Carrier. I think this is a player who has a lot of offensive upside. Again, maybe not necessarily the one scoring the goals, but I think really being involved in setting some great things up. We just didn't see enough of him last season because of injury. He's got next year to sort of prove it and, and see what he can contribute, you know, in a two-way game. So Alexander Carrier is somebody that I want to keep an eye on when it comes to offense from the Blue Liners with you there uh next viewer comment that we want to break down in all right here's one that i'm very interested to get your take on what are your expectations for phil tomasino this upcoming season that's a good question um who who, do we need to give a shout out to where that one came from this is also from our friend uh youper can't remember the word, Uper Sports Fanatic. What are our expectations for Phil Tomasino? Look, this is one that I think a lot of people are asking. This is one that I feel like I'm asking myself a lot as well. Well, first off, Uper Sports, uh, MVP of the show so far. Let's go. Guess, uh, probably need to shuffle these a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, Phil Tomasino, I think out of all the younger players, mm-hmm. with the exception of Cody Glass and Yuso Parson, and that have clearly, I think, earned their spots at this point, he is, I think, the young player that I think is going to get, you know, I don't want to say given an opportunity, but he is going to have, like, his name penciled in on top of the list. Because I okay. feel like Tomasino is the guy that the Predators need to – find a way to get him on the NHL team and stay there uh, and, and in a top role as well. I mean, look, you know, Phil Tomasino, we, we know what the story was last year. Uh, I mean, he scored 31 goals from the fourth line as a 20 year old 
you know, his, his first season in the NHL went to the AHL last year, you know, came up and played very, very well at the end of the season. And if you take, you know, what his scoring total was and multiply it to an 82 game season, it would have been 48 points, which was, you know, would have been a big jump and pretty good also for a, you know, a 21 year old playmaker on a pretty bad team. So he has, you know, you see growth in his game, you know, if Andrew Burnett comes in, you know, this, this is a guy that, you know, maybe he hits like 50, 60 points this year and you would be able to say, okay, that's a big step forward. I don't think we need to put the expectations too high and say, oh yeah, he's going to be a, uh, you know, if if he didn't burn his first year of eligibility, he'd be a Calder guy or anything like that. Right. I think you're. I would be happy with just seeing a big uh, step forward. Yeah. This year. What do you think he needs to do to get there? Well, he's got to make the team. Yeah. First off, right. and look, like like I, like I just said, the Predators should be doing everything they can to kind of at least pencil him in on a spot. Cause right. I think that's kind of your priority, but at the same time, if you're Cody glass or not Cody glass, I'm sorry. Phil Tomasino is looking at a different depth chart. Uh, you got to earn it too. Yeah. And that was, you know, it, it goes both ways. Like Preds need to give him a chance to earn his spot. But if you're Tomasino, you've got to go out there and lock that down. Like you've got to have a really good camp. I'm yeah. not gonna, you know, I'm not one of these people that says like, oh, Phil Tomasino's not on the team this year. Like the Preds are done with him or anything like that. But mm-hmm. I will say I would be disappointed if, you know, on this roster, Phil Tomasino can't stick around in an impact role. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think this is a good opportunity for him. I would like to see him be a little bit stronger with the puck. Sometimes I felt like he got pushed off the puck a little bit too easy last season. Um, but I do think he's got a lot of upside. And, and I think he is one of the players who could really use this reset as a really good opportunity. So he's definitely a player for me to keep an eye on. You touched on another player, Yuso Parsonen, and we have um, a comment kind of about Yuso Parsonen, the youth, the future of the team, maybe not as optimistic as you and I typically are. So let's talk about this. This is from, I'm not sure I'm going to get this name right, Shashkatooth Tiger. Sounds great to me. Sounds great to me. Uh, this was from our, could you so Parsonen and carriers breakout season happen in 2023, 24 episode, um, tiger said last season, you so Parsonen quote came in as one of the best two way players that the Preds had on their roster, which may be a red flag about the way the roster was built last year. I believe you said that. Yep. Exactly. (laughs) Overall, this year's roster is worse, and if you take a really good look at the prospect pool, it doesn't seem like it's going to be any better in the foreseeable future either. What do you think about that comment? I mean, this year's roster might be worse. I don't disagree with that. Um, In terms of the prospect pool, that's the one that I'm like, uh, I don't know about that. Right. Um, you know, the Predators prospect pool, remember, it wasn't that long ago, only a couple of years that the Predators prospect pool was kind of considered one of the worst in the NHL. Uh, and now through, I think, a lot of, you know, mid-round finds and, you know, players that have kind of developed, you know, either more or faster than they, you know, originally thought, Parsons, one of them, there's a lot of people very high 
on, on the Predators prospect pool. I think Scott Wheeler had him as high as 10th mm-hmm. best in the NHL. Uh, there's a lot of people that, you know, consider them maybe even higher with the amount of talent they have. Uh, you know, surefire couple of, you know, high end top scoring prospects and Matthew Wood and um, Joachim Kamel, yeah. you know, Yaroslav Askarov, you know, arguably one of the two best goalie prospects in, you know, the entire NHL system right now. Agreed. So I, I do think there is, you know, a lot of good talent in that prospect pool. Is there anybody like, you know, um, like, I guess a Trevor Zegras or, you know, a Luke Hughes or somebody like that, where, you know, you just see them being an absolute blue chip. Mm -hmm. Maybe not, but I do think there is plenty of talent in that prospect pool uh, that the Nashville Predators can, can utilize. And, you know, don't forget over the, you know, we might have another seller's market at the trade deadline. Uh, We have a lot of draft picks over the next two drafts. I think the Nashville Predators or prospect pool is only going to get better. Yeah, I would agree with you. If you look at the roster for Milwaukee next season, you were looking at, you know, first round players, Fedor Svechkov, Joachim Kamel, Reed Schaefer, Zachary LaRue is going to be there. You know, Yaroslav Eskarov, I agree with you. I think he's one of the top prospects. The Hockey News just said, look, if you're looking at goalie prospects across you know, the entire league, you're looking at Yaroslav Askarov as one of the best. Now, a little unorthodox fella, but what the Predators do with him, and and the Predators traditionally can develop the fire out of their goalie prospects. So I think great things ahead for him. But I agree with you. You look at Matthew Wood, who they got this year. The other one that I love is Tanner Molendyke. I am telling you, uh, he was drafted in the first round. One of the big things about him is his skating it is absolutely mesmerizing, this kid's skill. I do think the prospect pool may be a little bit lean defensively, but Molendyke helps. You know that I loved what I saw from the little bit we got to see Spencer Stasny in the NHL this year. So defensively, I would like to see it a little bit more beefy, but I think there's a tremendous amount of talent. And remember, Yusuf Parsonen, seventh round pick. So it doesn't necessarily, you know, the Predators can develop somebody who maybe isn't uh, a first round, like you said, Trevor Zegris into something special. So don't don't give up hope on the youngins, folks. Yeah, I'm uh, ready to see how, how this prospect pool responds for sure. And uh, more uh, viewer comments coming up in just a second. But first, want to remind everybody that Locked on Predators is your free daily Nashville Predators podcast. You can get us wherever you get your podcast, whether it's Apple, Spotify, um, insert the name of the podcast platform you listen to here. And you can also find us on YouTube. Wherever you are listening to us, be sure to hit that subscribe button. Really helps us out. All right, Anne, we are reading viewer comments from past Locked on Predators episodes. We are getting the viewer's take on some of the topics we covered this summer. Uh, What is our next topic, Anne? All right, so this next topic comes from Sax Maverick uh, on our episode about MVPs. I know, I want to give a shout out for that. That name is absolutely killer. Yeah. Uh, A lot of good thoughts from Sax Maverick. The one that I kind of want to discuss is talking about Luke Evangelista. 
Sacks Mavericks says Luke should be gearing up to be a top line forward for the next four to five years easy. Where do you see Luke Evangelista's career going with the Nashville Predators? And give me a timeline. I'm with you. With you right there. <laughs> I think he's going to be a top forward. You saw it last year, just the explosiveness Gosh. he played with. And that was, you know, he he played, was one of the most exciting players on the ice for Nashville last season while still having some very visible shortcomings that he's going to need to fix. And once he fixes those, lights out. Yeah. I, I think you might see Evangelista get a top six role this year just based on you know, the people that are on the roster right now, he's somebody that maybe is just like, you know, really good on the other side of Phil Forsberg too. I think he's somebody that might get low key, some first line minutes this year. Yeah. And the, the line shakes. I mean, there's a couple other players you could kind of put there too, but I think this guy is going to get a prime chance yeah. uh, to, to contribute this year. And if not this year, then I think by next year, you know, you're, you're probably going to see Evangelista in, in a role. I think he's ready. I think his game is well-developed enough that he can handle that responsibility. So I think you're going to see Evangelista as kind of one of the main cogs in the Preds offense sooner rather than later. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. And I think the where the Predators at really sets Luke Evangelista up for success. I, I agree with you. I would love to see him on a line with Philip Forsberg because I think he is that smart. I think his hockey IQ is Philip Forsberg level. I think he reads the game the way that Philip Forsberg does. I think he plays it mentally at a speed that can keep up with what Philip Forsberg can do. Um, I'm very curious to see where he ends up out of training camp. I think this is another player like Tomasino. Training camp is going to be critical. But I do think the Predators are going to err on the side of giving him some grace and giving him an opportunity. And Luca Fantalista could be the next Philip Forsberg for the national yeah. predators. This is a guy who could be that core guy like Philip Forsberg is. So absolutely agree with that comment. And, and different too, because you have Cody glass and Phil Tomasino who are really good playmakers with the puck, but I think Evangelista kind of has that eye and, and nose for the net. Yes. Yeah. And we need that. Let's we talk do. about the shots yeah. on goal. <laughs> yes. Oh, we, we covered that already. Uh, all right. And another topic. All right, this comment comes from one of our Locked On Predheads, Carl Johan Faust199. And I hope I pronounced that name right, Carl Johan. My apologies if I didn't, but we see your comments. We'd love to hear from you. This was a comment on our part one mailbag. And he was talking about Barry Trotz building this new Nashville Predators team. And the comment says, I don't see him build by any stretch of an imagination a bad team. But I worry that his rebuild will lead again to some kind of status quo that the Preds were meant to move away from. Thoughts on that? I'm curious what he means by status quo. I think it is back to where the Predators were. Like, hey, we're going to be a playoff team every season, but we're not going to be a contention team. I mean, yeah, but isn't that always the risk that you know, you, you kind of take when you, when you go through a rebuild. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the thing, like that might get to the status quo to start. Right. Remember this past predators core hit the status quo from like 2010 to 2015. And it was a forever until they finally could 
break through and they got to the Stanley Cup and they won uh, a president's trophy and all of this, you know, so so I think at this point, you kind of want to get back to where you were in like 2018, 2019. That's the start. And then once you get there and this core is young enough, then you start making some moves to sort of elevate yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, sort of really take yourself from just a, you know, whatever team to, you know, the team that's going to contend. I mean, yeah, it's possible that they may hit that point like they did when they started, you know, bringing in like DeShane and Turris and all and all those players. Right. But, you know, at this point, you you would just with the roster that they have right now, you would just be happy to get back to that point. And now your core is young enough that you can kind of build from there. I think there's a, going to be a, a case of hockey sunburn that we're going to have to deal with with the Nashville Predators in this reset. And what I mean by that is, you know, when you get a sunburn, just the lightest touch makes you go, ah. Yeah. And I think the Nashville Predators fans feel like they have been stuck in status quo. Like, hey, we're so close. We're just going to add this one piece I'm going to get and we're going to get right there. And I think that there is just this visceral, natural reaction that may occur if the Nashville Predators this season make get in the wild, you know, get a wild card spot and and exit the first round of the playoffs, which would be fantastic. That would be a successful season. But because it's what we've seen, I think the natural reaction will be oh stat we're back to where we were and i think you have to keep that big picture like this this is a, a two to three years we're looking at and so i think part of um part of navigating that is just being aware of the fact that like this may look the same but it's different It may feel the same, but it's really different. So, you know, let's see what the Predators can do. And I almost hate to say this as a Hoctimist, but it might even just be easier for some Predators fans if the Predators don't make the playoffs this season and exit in the first round. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I don't want that to happen. There'll be some people turning into the Joker. But it's also, you got to keep in mind the context. Right. The context of where this team is, the context of what this done. You know, if we're talking about the Preds getting knocked, making the playoffs and getting knocked out of the first year, two years ago, that's a lot different than everything that's happened in the past six months and talking about the Predators getting into the playoff spot this year. Yeah. Um, That's, you know, that's different because now you're doing it with young players like Evangelista and Tomasino and Cody Glass in prime roles. That's yeah. different than, you know, two $8 million centers in the middle of your lineup and, you know, Norris guy and all these people you gave up prospects and, and big money for. That's it's a different context yeah. this year. So, again, uh, you know, the Predators might sneak into the playoffs and get bounced, you know, in the first round. But to me, that would be a step forward from where they were overall as a team, you know, heading into this season. Yeah. I always tell my kids some of the best advice I feel like I've ever given my kids are feelings are like farts. You cannot always trust them. And I think you have to remember that as a Nashville Predators fan this season. If the Predators, like you said, get a wild card, get in and get bounced out of the first round in an embarrassing fashion, it may feel the same, but I assure you it's different. That is one hell of a quote to end on. (laughs) It's just truth. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you for everybody who comments yes. uh, on our post and sends in tweets and, and you know responds to some of the stuff we talk about. 
Thank you so much. We're going to keep doing these throughout the offseason and maybe a couple of different times uh, during the season as well. So make sure you guys are still sending in your takes, you know, and your responses to what we talk about on the show. Even if we don't read them uh, or, you know, comment back, we do see them and we do appreciate all your feedback. And where can people find you? People can find my work online at InsideThePreds.com. You can find me on Twitter. I can't get there, y'all. It's still Twitter to me, at Ann K underscore Mama on Ice. You can find me at PenaltyBoxRadio.com, and I'll just say it for you, Ann. You can find me on X. <laughs> it feels so It's, it's going to have to be said at some point. You can find me uh, on, on the Tweety app. The app that you send tweets on uh, at underscore NS Morgan. That's going to do it for us on today's Lockdown Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We will be back next Monday with an all new episode. We will see you then. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.